Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, October 8th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And Chris, of course, rocking on the phone. You guys know how we do it on the weekdays right now. We uh, we are lucky to have Chris uh, even on the phone. So we uh, we will take him any way we can get him. And we have got a lot of football to talk about, my friend. We, in the past weeks, have not had a ton of opportunities to discuss things that are going on in the news. But there's a lot happening right now. So obviously, we talked a lot on Tuesday. We're going to talk some more today uh, about two topics that uh, that seem to be sweeping over college football right now. That would be Ed Orgeron and Urban Meyer. But the first thing I do want to hit on has to do with college football playoff expansion. Before we do that, tell you the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. You can get a 125% sign-up bonus, up to $2,500 if you use the promo code NCAAF2021. There is a link in the description. Just click the link. It's very easy. But I'm telling you, this is a fantastic deal. You need to take advantage of it. I've been with them forever, and uh, I have enjoyed using them. That is my main sports book, has been for 20 years. So, Go ahead and check them out. Uh, well, maybe not 20 years. How long has that been? Chris, what is that, 17 years? I guess since I turned 21. Make sure I keep my, my legal liabilities straight. Um, so, uh, along with that, go to winningcureseverything.com. Our contest is up, our pick'em contest. Uh, you get a, a $20 Amazon gift card. Go ahead and hit that thing up. If you can win, if you can beat me and Chris or whoever else enters this thing, you can win the gift card. Very easy to do, and it's free to enter. Very simple stuff. So go ahead and check that out over at winningcureseverything.com. Uh, I host a college football show for BetUS. Chris hosts a college football show for Sportsbook Review. The links are in the descriptions to both of those. Please go and check out those shows and make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss a single thing. Chris, my brother, CFP Expansion Talk. And last week, we, we kind of waited a little bit on this to figure out whether or not Cincinnati would be able to beat Notre Dame. They did, uh, rather convincingly. We can say that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, My question to you, how quickly do we get this 12-team playoff back on track? How quickly do these presidents and chancellors and ADs, etc., how quickly do they pivot back to a 12-team model if we end up with two SEC teams and an AAC team and whoever else, or two SEC teams 
and dare I say, two Big Ten teams in this. If we only have the two major conferences or uh, two from one major conference and somebody like Cincinnati in, how quickly do you feel like they get these talks back on the table? So I think the talks are going to get back on the table immediately, even if we don't get that, just because somebody's going to realize them basically cutting off their nose to spite their face is the dumbest thing they could possibly do. All of these conferences stand to make substantially more money if they expand this thing to 12, and it's better for their brands and their conferences because pretty soon they're all going to be left out of the conversation. Right now, today, the ACC is left out of the conversation because nobody believes that even if an undefeated Boston College or Wake Forest, they're just not going to get in, okay? Nobody thinks that anybody in the Pac-12 is getting in. So that they're already eliminated from this thing, and they're fools to fight it just just to be assholes. Yeah, first week of October, and basically we've got two major conferences already out. And if Oklahoma were to lose uh, this weekend, I, I doubt anybody believes that Oklahoma State is going to go undefeated. So at that point, we've got to we got to have a whole different conversation. It's easy to talk about how we're not going to move to twelve teams when we are in July, August even September, but once you start realizing... But I don't even understand the reasoning behind that. I don't even understand the argument behind it, though. Hurt, like, that's hurt it. feelings? Like, the, well, but that's... Who's, like, you hurt my feelings. You made me mad. You did something that made me angry, and so I'm going to do something that's going to cost me a lot of money? Uh, like, I get... I'm with hang you. on. Now, I get... I fully understand not wanting to do it, not wanting to expand if ESPN maintains full control, because... The ACC doesn't like their contract with them. The Big 12 and the Big 10 and the Pac-12 all have a strong relationship with Fox. And and Notre Dame has the relationship with NBC. I, I'm certain they all want more more people to come to the table for this thing. And that would be, like I, I've said this all along, I've been very consistent. That's the only thing I would, I would protest against. That's the only thing that I would fight it against is I'm not agreeing to a 12-team playoff if ESPN maintains full control. I'm just not. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. What I disagree with is tabling the whole thing and not getting any kind of an idea set up. I understand that they've got time. I get that. But we we need this thing done quicker, and, and there are ways to get around that contract, right? If you add playoff games, that doesn't necessarily have to constitute what ESPN has already paid for. And you can pressure ESPN with this as well. Like, there's ways to to move in and change up that contract around. Uh, we'll see what happens. But Cincinnati winning against Notre Dame last week definitely changed the conversation, at least to me. Uh, you kind of feel the same way. Uh, like I said, no, I don't, I don't know that Cincinnati had anything to do with this. My feelings on this have been consistent no matter who makes it. I can understand that. I can understand that. Uh, I do have another topic that I want to hit, and that would be an article from the Action Network. Brett McMurphy, who has worked at Stadium, he's worked you know all around everywhere. He put out a tweet. He's got an article out where he interviewed a ton of ads throughout college football because the big topic of conversation this week has been you know the viral video of Urban Meyer getting danced on by a girl at a bar in Dublin, Ohio. Uh, at his own bar. This is what the tweet says. 85% of Power 5 ADs and 61% of Group of 5 ADs 
told Action Network they would not consider hiring Urban Meyer if they needed a coach in 2022. P5 AD said not in a million years, and a G5 AD said hell no, he's a moral train wreck and a big-time potential liability. This was slightly surprising to me. This is by asking 65 ADs if they would consider that. 85% said no in the Power Five, and 61% in the Group of Five said no. I This is... I feel like this is another one of those things that's easy to say no to when you're just asked about it point blank. But if you have the option to bring in Urban Meyer, as much of a piece of crap as you may think he is, how many of these ADs are really telling the truth? They're all lying. A hundred percent. So let me tell you something, okay? Zero, zero of the G5 ADs would have the opportunity to do this, okay? You just, you just went to a child and, 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 and ask them if, if they would hire Darth Vader, all right? <laughs> the, the answer's going to be no because he's the bad guy, okay? Like, like yeah, I, I you know what? I can definitively say on this show right here, right now, I would never, ever, ever consider going on a date with Tiffany Ann Verstappen, okay? She was my dream girl when I was in high school and in middle school, but, but I, I would never go on a date with her right now, definitively. I can say that. You know why? Because she ain't calling. <laughs> That's a hundred percent true, Kelly like Kapowski. You just asked you just asked ask a fictional question of a bunch of morons that like to talk about themselves. So, a that's a waste of time. B eighty percent, eighty five percent of the, the the Power Five said no. Oh my gosh! Well, guess what? Eighty five percent of the Power Five urban wouldn't set foot on your campus. All right. So, so go blow somebody. This is the <laughs> stupidest waste of time. This is Brett McMurphy is trying to get clicks. He is trying to write an article about something that does not matter. The, the only question that – here's what I need. I don't need anonymous. I don't need all this stuff. Go ask the athletic director at USC because that's the only big boy job open. Would you hire Urban Meyer? That's the only person I need you to ask right now because it's the only big job available. Uh, well, and you you might would also ask Scott Woodward. Um, well, no, because that job's not open yet. You wouldn't ask agreed. Scott Woodward about an opening that's not available yet. He's not going to answer that truthfully or honestly. And well, nor this is, should he. This should is he? a this is a hypothetical question anyway. But it, either no, way, but you don't regardless. Hell, no, did they ask? I, I bet I bet they did. I bet they called Alabama's athletic director, and I bet he said no. I would not hire Nick Saban to hire Urban Meyer. Congratulations, you did some journalists. You did some reporting. Good job by you. Great. Journalism are getting, these guys are getting so lazy. It's really bothering me. And some of these people I look up to, and some of these people I really like to read, and I think they get really good information. This is, I am bored, and I have nothing else to write about, and so I'm just going to keep writing about Urban because I know it pays the bills. And that's a terrible way to go throughout your life. I agree. You're just whoring yourself out. I agree. I, I think that this was a, a complete waste of time because I don't believe that these were true answers from these athletic directors. Like this no. is anybody that had the opportunity to hire Urban Meyer to be their head football coach. If he coach, walked on a Troy's campus tomorrow, Troy would take his head coach and shoot him in the head. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to say that, but you're probably right. <laughs> no, we're not. But we're going to get it's, it's applicable because we're going to get into that in a second, right? Right, because it's it's all it's all uh, this this whole thing is hypothetical anyway. So we're just That's talking right. about hypothetically shooting people, right? That's. A, 
That's all that is. Well, that's it. You know what? You talked about journalists getting lazy and, and all that. Uh, why don't we dive into the next topic? Ed Orgeron. Ed, I don't know why coaches do these call-in shows anymore. Like, this is... I, I've hated it for years because it gives people an opportunity to be anonymous and yet speak uh, to a sitting head coach. Uh, head coaches typically do not get on Twitter and go through their their mentions. They don't go through their comments. I don't know why any head coach would agree to this, and yet we continue to do it. And it's not just Ed Orgeron, it's everybody. Like th- This goes on everywhere, and I think it is a complete waste of time because people are willing to say stupid things that they would never say to your face, right? And we have an example of that. So on the on the call-in show, here, I'm going to go ahead and play the audio of it, but uh, but this is what happened on the LSU uh, football call-in show. Name I know. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, baby. Where you at? All yeah, right. Now, she is, uh, she is a little blonde-headed girl, so oh, try not to have sex with her and put it on. Come on, man. Oh, come on, man. Really? Wow. Come on, man. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Kentucky, Coach. Mark Stoops, he's hey, been... Hey, 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 let me say something right there. You know, down the bayou, we got a nice little fishing hole for people like that. <laughs> let's, let's get back to football. So, Chris, you, you've heard that, uh, that call multiple times. I, at first it's, okay, you have to, you can't say anything in there. It's, it's a no-win situation for Coach O. So do I think that he should have joked about it at all? Probably not. Do I fault him for joking about it or for saying for what he did? Absolutely not. I don't think this is that big of a deal if he is winning, right? This all comes back to, are you doing well on the field? Tell me tell me your thoughts on this whole thing. I think this is stupid. I use the analogy of shooting the coach in the head because it was a joke. Yeah. Like I, Everybody in the world knows that, that no athletic director would murder their head coach for anybody, okay? No, like that, that, that's that's called just just hyperbole. That's a, it's it's just joking. And if and if you're so sensitive by the idea of saying that, it turns you off so much. Then I then then I would I would say I apologize. I don't apologize though. I'm sorry that you're so sensitive. Like we 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 can't joke. We can't laugh. This guy's trying to blow off some steam. That guy made an implication that Coach O would have sex with an underage girl. Okay, and he said, Oh well. People like that, we just throw in the swamp. Let the Gators take care of them. Okay, I don't. I don't think. Listen, if Coach O gets fired, it won't be for that comment. All right. If Coach O catches heat, it'll be before his uh, performance and his job. That comment right there is stupid. And and the people sharing this thing out and making it like 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 it's a big deal. Shame on all of them. You're just all trying to get clicks. Every damn one of you, because you know, because you're sharing it out with the headline of making it sound like Coach O threatened to kill one of his callers. And and we know, we know that Coach O is catching a lot of criticism right now because of the performance on the field. We know that. And so we all think he's doing a call-in show and he's catching a lot of hell from his criticisms, and now Coach O is threatening to kill somebody because you're criticizing him. That's what's implied in the tweet. That's what's implied in the headline. And shame the fuck on all of you for doing that because that is bull. Shit, you know that's not what happened on that call. You know exactly what happened on that call. And you're absolutely trying to take 
that situation and take the demise of Coach O, and you're trying to make it about you, and you're trying to make yourself something other than what, what's really going on, and that's all. I can't get behind that, Gary. I can't handle that. I'm not going to deal with that. Okay. No, I can, and when I, I see understand. it, I'm going to call it out. I think it's Bush League, and I think it's bullshit. Everybody knew. That guy accused Coach O of possibly banging an underage girl, and Coach O made a jokingly comment about, well, we just throw guys like that in, you know, in the swamps. You trying to ruin somebody's life? You trying to accuse me of being a pedophile? Man, no, no. We, we, we're we going to have you eating, bro. Yeah, no, they uh, they did go ahead and cut off the call uh, very quickly once he, you know, once they realized what he was saying. Uh, however, on the Coach O side, like, this is just adding fuel to the fire, right? It's And I don't fault him for it whatsoever. The reason people are jumping on it is because everybody smells blood in the water in this situation. It's it's a laundry list of shame things. On all the, shame on all those people. That All those people are just piranha then. You just drink a little blood in the water, and all of a sudden they get all hot and horny and get crazy, and they're just going to start feasting on this guy? They don't it's, care. it's terrible. They're just going to do it? It's terrible, but that that's the reason why it happens, right? Because this is not the only issue, right? There was all the Title IX stuff that has been going on. There was all the stuff where uh, he had somewhat None lost the team. None of those things have anything to do with this call. You want to criticize him for all that? You do that. I'm not but saying you put a clickbait that it has. Headlight, Gary, you put a clickbait headlight out there about this. It doesn't matter about the other stuff. You lose all credibility. You lose all credibility. Agreed. Agreed. Um, this is on the media guys that are making this a thing. It is, it is something that I'm glad that we're at least discussing because you and I both tend to agree on this. Like, this was nothing. I don't know that it's, we do because you shared this thing out too. You did. You did exactly what I'm accusing these other people of doing. So I don't know that we. Oh, do. I shared out the call. Yeah, and I said, well, this is certainly with something. the headline. With the headline, and you sent it to me with the headline, Coach O threatening. Callers on a call-in, fans on a call-in show, threatening was, to kill a fan on a call-in show. No, no, no. That's the what tweet, you sent out. No, I sent you the tweet from College Football Nerds, and I shared out their tweet that had the the link to the video in it. Um, and my comment was, "Well, quote, this is certainly you something." You quote. Hold on, let me see. Because in my text message, you actually have the quote, not That's, just the tweet. What are we? Hold on, hold on. I'm pulling up my my personal profile. Uh, let's see. I said, well, this is certainly something. That's what I put on mine, but it's it's the quote tweet for the college football nerds. It said, Ed Orgeron now threatening callers on his live call-in show and implying he wants them dead. Uh, the guy has no awareness. So my, well, this is certainly something, is in reference to just this whole thing. Like, no, Ed Orgeron did not threaten to kill a guy. Like, that is absurd. So you have to listen and give it context uh, but yeah, when I sent it over to you, I knew that we had to discuss it on the show because, like, it is it's added to a laundry list of things that are not just like it, so. So I believe Josh Pate was talking about LSU does not just have Saturday problems. If they had Saturday problems and that was it, then we wouldn't be having a a discussion about Ed Orgeron so, on so the hot seat. Let me ask seat. you a question. All right, all right. So, you keep bringing up the Title Nine stuff. At what point in time has Woodwork? cleaned up the Title IX stuff. Because as of last year, sometime, well, not last year, this past spring, there was a report that all of the Title IX people were hired, we were, no, we were no longer understaffed, and all these things were being addressed and taken care of. These were things that happened all under somebody else's watch, and, and now they have been addressed. And so, yes, LSU should face criticism for having the problem. 
they have faced that criticism. At what point in time do we say, all right, if we had a problem, problem's been solved. Now we move on to something else. At what point in time do we do that? Or do we just keep bringing that up? Because those Title IX things weren't a Coach O problem. Those Title IX no, things were not. Those were an athletic director problem. It was, it was beyond that. It was a cultural problem at the school, just overall. Um, but it, it was not well, yeah, a Coach O problem. problem. Right, right, right. So it goes all the way up to the chancellor. I mean, it, it but went why all the we, way but up. But every time we bring up the, the problems of O, his only problems are on the football field. His only issues are on the football field. All this other stuff is, is was a problem. Absolutely a very serious problem. Not, not denying that. We talked about that. Had to get them fixed up. When we talked about the, the, the less mile stuff, that, those, those were pretty damning, and we got to get those right and make sure they never happen again. But they're getting addressed, and all we can do is move on. At what point in time so, do we move on, or do we just keep holding this uh, uh, over somebody else's head? Because it's when it's, they had nothing to do with it. But it's not just that, right? He was actually named in some of the Title IX stuff regarding Darius Geis. Uh, on top of that, you have the all the stuff that went on with the protests and everything else last year with possibly losing the team, which is still technically uh, a, a Saturday problem. It's still a football problem. That's a Saturday problem. But that's a Saturday problem. But that's it's a locker room problem. That's a football right, it's, coaching problem. Yes, and it but it's all encompassing, right? And then you toss this on top of it, and who knows? I mean, I, I the the main point is if he were winning, none of this would matter. It would all go away. That's true. So, and that's the biggest issue. Like, it's just everybody smells blood, and that's what they're attacking right now. Uh, so, who knows what is going to go on down there? But the last two years have certainly been uh, crazy since 2019. I, I don't know. Like, it, I don't feel like this is that big of a deal. I feel like it was a joke, and people should look at it as a joke, and it should not be circulating uh, as such a, a massive ordeal because he did not threaten to kill anybody. That is not a threat. Like, the whole thing. That guy, uh, you know, telling Coach, or uh, not accusing, but telling Coach O not to have sex with his daughter, like, it was nasty, it was stupid, but it was a prank. It was a joke. Like, it, the whole thing is stupid. O would have been in a better position had he not even responded. Uh, and yet, here we are. So, uh, hey, you know what I didn't bring up? We're going to swap topics real quick before we get into uh, the college football preview we have not talked at all about Fury and Wilder 3. Um, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and do this. Odds are brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder fighting this weekend, uh, I believe late, late Saturday night. This is the third uh, edition of the of this fight. It's been called off. It's been put back on. Who knows what's... I didn't even realize it was actually going on until I clicked on BetUS and realized that it's actually happening. I saw a bunch of stuff about the press conference uh, just a little while ago, and apparently it's gotten crazy. The odds right now, Chris, are Tyson Fury as a minus 300 favorite. Uh, the total rounds on this, uh, it can the total is 7.5 rounds. Uh, so to go over is minus 135. To go under is plus 105. You uh, Do you have any interest in this fight at all? Um and and if so, like who who are you taking here? Yeah, I, I like Tyson Fury. I think he's he's fun to watch. I think he's really entertaining, and and I'll be betting on him. I know he's a big favorite. I, I bet on him last time and, and made a lot of money because he was a big dog. But uh, but no, I, I listen. We've seen Wilder hit him with his best shot. We've seen it, and it dropped him, and he got his ass back up. 
Okay. Yeah, at that point, yeah, I don't know That's what it. else you can do beyond that. I don't when when you Wilder is is older every day that goes on, and and I, a guy who can take a punch like that ain't ever changed. You're just not knocking him out. You're just not. And that's that's about the only thing that Wilder's got. So as as much as I yeah, would like, which 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 it knocks out everybody else on the planet. It yeah. just doesn't knock this one guy out. Except for this six foot seven, two hundred eighty pound behemoth. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'm gonna roll with you on Tyson Fury. I I just I don't. I've seen this I, fight three times. I think Fury won the first one, also, which didn't go that way. They called it a draw. That's fine. I, I think Fury won that fight pretty. He he got knocked down. He's the only one that got knocked down. But he, he won far more rounds. In the second fight, it went in close. He dominated him, went in close. Do you think uh, Do you think they expect to make a ton of money off this fight? Like, uh, I do think they'll make a lot of money off of it. Well, I mean, it's, it's on a Saturday night in the middle of October, and, I mean, it's going to be late, but there has just not been a ton of hype about this thing, and... Just, no, not around here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bet I'm gonna bet European dollars are gonna be ridiculous. Uh, you're probably right on. on and Fury. I'm gonna, and I'm also gonna bet the Asian markets are probably pretty ridiculous as well. Yeah, likely so. Likely that that does make sense. I mean, it's it's going you can't down just in Vegas. Look at the American window when you're talking about that. You're, you you got to look at the whole country, the whole world. I mean, yeah, that's uh, I do have an issue with that, especially during football season. You know how you know how me and you get. That's the that's the way we go. We both cover college football, so our Saturdays are fairly full, but. Yeah, it does make sense to me. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into our uh, real quick CFB Week 6 preview. And every week I ask Chris four questions about the upcoming weekend. Uh, I've got a, a few answers myself on this, but Chris, uh, tell me about the best games of the weekend. Now, it, I'll go ahead and knock off two of them, okay? Penn State, Iowa, we got that one. Um, Oklahoma, Texas, everybody's talking about Red River. We get that, too. Give me, give me other games that may not be completely, totally on the radar that you think are going to be massive games this weekend. Uh, the Ole Miss-Arkansas game is going to be one of the funnest games of the weekend. I think those are two evenly matched teams. I think they're really, really, really close. I think they both have been looking dominant and unbelievable. And then I think last week they stepped in front of the freight train. Yes. Yes, I agree. I, they, those two teams are like, like the Spider-Man meme right now where they're pointing yeah. like it's two Spider-Men pointing at each other. Like they play uh, a three-two-six defense. Both of them like to like to kind of run base out of that. I I don't think we're going to see a ton of explosive plays in this game. Like this is, I, I would expect a lot of points, but I don't expect a ton of explosive plays over the top or anything like that. So it should be very interesting. Another one that I've got down here. Uh, you may not think it's a a big game or the best game or whatever. I think well, I got two others too. So oh, do you? Give me yours. All right, give me. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and toss mine. Wyoming at Air Force. I think it's going to be fantastic. Uh, Craig Bowl is four and two straight up against Air Force since he's been at Wyoming, and he used to coach the triple option at North Dakota State. Like he knows how to defend Air Force, and this is always a close game. So I, I expect that one to be uh, a whole lot of fun, especially for for men that like old man football like myself. So. So my other one is going to be an afternoon game. Boise State going to BYU. Um, Boise already with two losses. I think this is a team that is desperate. They have to put up a good show in here or they were going to get blown out of this game. I don't think they'll get blown out. I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a good game. And then my other one, Brett Bielema gets to take on his old team for the first time ever. Um, he gets to coach against Wisconsin. has got them coming to his place. I don't know that 
Illinois, there's nothing that anything Brett can do to keep Illinois in this game, but I'm interested to see Brett play his old team. I I can agree with that. I can certainly get with that. Uh, Boise State, by the way, you said had two losses. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they yeah. got three, right? So they lost oh, to shit. maybe they do have three. Yeah, they got UCF. They lost to Nevada last week, and uh, and they lost oh, to Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah, and they lost to OK State. Yeah, no, they they do have three. You're right. I missed. I forgot about the UCF game. That was so long. That was week one. Um, as far as the team with the most to gain, I have one. Uh, do you have a team with the most to gain this weekend? Um, kind of, yes. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm curious to see yours. Mine is Utah. The Utes do not have a Pac-12 loss yet, and they are playing significantly better. They're coming off of a bye, heading to and USC. they're a dog in that game, aren't they? Yeah, they're a three-point dog. Um, and I, I think they've played That's better right. with Cam Rising at quarterback. Uh, the team, like on defense, the defensive numbers are actually not bad. If you go back and look at how they lost to San Diego State and to BYU, uh, those things are fixable. And if they got them fixed in the bye week, you know, they they did not destroy, but they they beat pretty soundly uh, a decent Washington State team before the bye week. Uh, Utah, I mean, they could be setting themselves up for a Pac-12 run here. So, the, 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 I, I've got, a, I got kind of a, I'm cheating a little bit. I don't have a team. But whoever wins the Penn State-Iowa game will have won the weekend. Yes. Because they'll be 6-0, and and I think – I know Ohio State doesn't have a conference loss, but from what I've seen of Ohio State, and even Michigan, who I like a lot, I think that team will have a chokehold on the division, on the conference, I mean. Now, Penn State wins it. Maybe not because Penn State and Ohio State are still pretty good. If Iowa wins it, that – they are moonwalking themselves to Indianapolis. Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong on that. Don't think. And you're I wrong think there. they're getting Indianapolis undefeated from that point after they get by Penn State. I think it's. I just think it's smooth sailing from there. Um, as far as a team with the most to lose, I have got UTSA, UT San Antonio, uh, all of the hype that they have built up with this four and zero start. So they're, they're a dog, also. They That's are one a dog. Of my big underdog pick this week. Yep, they are a dog on the road at Western Kentucky. I think they have the most to lose if they cannot go on the road and get this thing done. Now they can still go eleven and one. They can still go ten and two, whatever. And that's still a fantastic season. But right now there are dreams and aspirations of twelve and zero. Uh, all this talk about UTSA kind of starts to wind down if they end up getting a loss to the Hilltoppers. Uh, who uh, who is your team with the most to lose? So I'm staying in the Big Ten with this. If Nebraska gets beat by, I mean, if Michigan gets beat by Nebraska. Then, then all that we may have seen from Michigan might be fraudulent. And and as as good as they've been, not trailing an entire game, we wonder and we look at their schedule and we see and we wonder how good are some of those teams that they played. And sure. and if they can't go on the road and, and face Big Red, then then I think that's going to be a problem. I think they've got a lot to lose. That's uh, you know what's funny. I actually have Michigan as my playoff sleeper. Um, you get past Nebraska. This is a good Nebraska team. They have improved from the beginning of the season until now. Uh, Nebraska's 5-1 and one against the spread thus far uh, this season. Only only did not cover in that first game. But uh, Michigan, you know, you get through this, you can start thinking like you did a few years ago when, you know, you went into Ohio State with basically a playoff berth on the line. So I, I think that that could be a sleeper that... You know, it's not being talked about a ton, but 
Yeah, Michigan wins. Well, they this still got to give up Penn State, though. Oh yeah, I mean they got to. They they. I mean, there's still a bunch of landmines on the schedule. Don't get me wrong, but I I do feel like you know you get past Nebraska here and you can maybe start having some some thoughts of a much bigger season than anybody anticipated. Who uh who's your playoff sleeper? I mean, I don't have a playoff sleeper. I mean, everybody at the top is 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 there, and they're all big name programs, and they're all supposed to be good. So yeah, I I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Hey, what about? How crazy would this be? Uh, Arizona State, if if they go through the rest of their schedule undefeated, you know, you got the one loss at BYU. It was really crazy, you know, late night game, bunch of penalties. You beat yourself. Uh, is Arizona State basically already out of this thing? Or if they go through and smash everybody in the Pac-12, like you think they'd get a shot at this? Well, BYU's undefeated. Somebody's going to have an argument for saying, hey, well, is the Pac-12 better than the schedule that BYU played? I mean, and then BYU beat them head to head. So, yeah. what what are we talking about? At that point, it, it depends on if BYU is undefeated or not. I I just I cannot believe. Well, but now we're, but we're assuming that we, you know. I, I would tell you this: I would put better money on BYU going undefeated from this point than Arizona State going undefeated. And I don't even know Arizona State's schedule. Arizona State still got uh, Washington, Oregon, et cetera. And yeah, I think BYU is already kind of going through the uh, the rough part, but they do close yeah. with uh, BYU does close with USC. So uh, not that that's, you know, exactly an intimidating game by any stretch of the imagination, but there's st- it's still something out there. Still something out there. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, all right, let's dive into uh, this week's games. We have got uh, 11 games for our college football week six off-the-radar pick'em contest. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, it's brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Use the promo code NCAAF2021 to make sure that you are signed up over there and you get a 125% deposit bonus with that. So, check that thing out. There's a link in the description for it. Overall records here. And good gracious, uh, Chris, we have not done well, my friend. Uh, last week, especially, I am sitting at twenty-three and twenty-six thus far. Chris, you are sixteen and thirty-three against the number. We both went three, eight, and one last year, and we talked about this. We said, "Man, we are thinking alike on a lot of these games. This could either be really good or really bad." Uh, and it turned out it was really bad. So <laughs> we lost a bunch of games last week. Uh, I did not do well on my official plays last week over on the BetUS show. Uh, it, what, what did you end up doing on SBR last week? Uh, not good. One and four. One and four. Okay, so it wasn't just me. I went two and five on the BetUS show. You went one and four. And then with this show, which might have been a saving grace, I went three, eight, and one, both of us. So 
definitely not good. Let's go ahead and move into the first game here. And my brother, uh, South Carolina at Tennessee. It's a 12 p.m. Eastern time game on ESPN2. Tennessee is a 10.5-point favorite, total of 56.5. UT won this game 31-27 to last year. Tennessee 2-0-1 against the spread their last three against South Carolina. Um, long gone are the days when Will Muschamp was undefeated against Tennessee. Do you remember that? Like It, I mean, it was yeah. a long time ago. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to be able to run again. I think that they are humming on offense. My line on this was actually eight. It opened at nine and a half. It's up to ten and a half. Man, I think at home, Tennessee's wearing the black jerseys and whatnot. I'm going to have to side with Tennessee because I think they'll be able to score at will on, on South Carolina. I just I don't think the Gamecocks are very good. Yeah, I'm with you. I This was a game that I was interested in uh, on the SBR show simply because can Tennessee play from the front? How does Tennessee handle being a favorite? I do think they're going to return home after just beating the hell out of Missouri. That is a good SEC win. I don't care how bad Missouri is. When you're Tennessee and you go beat the hell out of anybody not named Kim, uh, uh, Vanderbilt, you you get to beat your chest for a week, and you get to come home, and 100,000 fans are going to be screaming for you. But yeah. Yeah. Can, can you be the favorite? Can you cover a big number? And that's the question. I think the answer is yes. I would pick yes. I don't like this game at all because I worry about Tennessee being, you know, how, how they play being the favorite. I yeah. don't mind them being the dog. I like them being the dog. Like how well do you play when everybody like when everybody expects you to win, right? That's right. Where the expectation is come into this house, bring in a bad football team and kick the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, can, I can see where you're coming from. So they, they definitely did it last week on the road at Missouri. Good gracious, 452 yards rushing. Uh, just absurd. Next game on the board, we have got 12 p.m. Big Ten Network game, Michigan State, a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Rutgers, total of 51. Rutgers won last year 38-27, to uh, but that version of Michigan State was completely different than this version. Uh, we have talked a lot about Kenneth Walker III, We've talked a lot about Michigan State and whatnot. And I bet against them last week. There was a chance for a backdoor cover there for me, and that's the whole reason why I bet Western Kentucky last week. I always knew that Michigan State was going to win the game. But this is this is a weird game for me because Rutgers has shown the ability with teams that are not explosive, they can drag you into the mud, right? The way that they play on offense and on defense – uh, if they drag you into the mud and they pull out one of those trick plays that Sean Gleason likes to do, it can totally flip a game around. And I worry about this one because I think that their defense is actually pretty good. Their front seven on defense can stop the run. I think they're going to slow up Kenneth Walker Jr., uh, the third, excuse me, a little bit. I, I'm going to take Rutgers plus the five and a half here uh, to be able to cover at home. I think Michigan State wins this game because I think overall team strength they're just better. They'll find a way to, to win this by a field goal or something. But, I mean, I could absolutely see a 21-17 to 17 kind of game with uh, with Rutgers covering but not being able to win. Yeah, I like this game to be low scoring. I, I, I like this Rutgers team. You know that. I, I like Craig Schiano. I think he's a good football coach. And and what, he, what he's able to do at this bad, bad program historically has been remarkable. Um, 
I think I'm going to take Michigan State here, and here's my reasons why. I, I trust teams that play good defense, that can run the football, that don't turn the ball over, and don't get penalized heavily to be able to go on the road and do those things consistently. That, so when they're better than somebody, they should beat them and they should cover because they, they aren't going to give you an opportunity to make a mistake and then beat themselves. They're just not going to do it. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. I can totally see that. They, I tell you that Nebraska game terrified me with Michigan State. Right? Um, you know, we, we'll see what happens. That's that's the fun part about betting on games early in the season is you're still trying to figure them out. I mean, we're we're into week six now. We feel like we know Michigan State. By the way, they've already gone over their win total on the season five and zero, oh, and uh, and their win total was four and a half. So, cheers to that part. But we are getting into a little meatier part of the schedule, uh, if I do say so myself. So we're uh, I'm taking Rutgers plus five and a half. You've got Michigan State minus five and a half. That moves us to uh, three thirty. No, sorry, three p.m. Eastern time on the ACC Network. Virginia at Louisville. Virginia is a two and a half point dog on the road to the Cardinals, and you know. I looked at this. Uh, Virginia is five and two against the spread against Louisville in their last seven. And Virginia actually won 31-17 to last year. And I have watched more of these two teams than I ever planned to do this season. And I think that Virginia is going to have basically no problem scoring on Louisville. And Louisville sometimes makes it hard to score on anybody. So I I think... Maybe I, maybe I missaid that. I think that Louisville finds it difficult to score on anybody. How's that? I, I think that Virginia is going to be able to win this game outright. I think they are the better football team. I trust Bronco Mendenhall more than Scott Satterfield right now. So I, I will take Virginia and the Cavaliers to be able to cover this two and a half. Uh, but this is certainly, you know, going in the round robin on, on Saturday morning. Yeah, this, this is a really interesting game. I think Satterfield's got this team playing much better. Um, I think Cumberland's playing incredible. And with a lot of confidence, I think that's a big, big deal for him. And uh, I might lay the points. I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to take Louisville. Okay. Okay, I can get with that. So, I mean, would it surprise me? Louisville's got some playmakers. Uh, Malik Cunningham has has played significantly better. They have found guys around him as well. But, you know, I, I think, man, that Virginia passing game is is something else. Something else. Moving on from there, we have got... A 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time game on ESPN. Florida State heading to the Tar Heels with North Carolina. Look, Mac Brown's bunch, a 17.5 point favorite, total of 64.5. Again, these odds brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Uh, this is a very interesting stat. All right, so Florida State won last year in Tallahassee, 31-28. to uh, Nobody saw it coming. North Carolina, double-digit favorites in that game. But it was at Florida State. Mike Norvell's first season, crazy things can happen. We get it. Mac Brown, you know, his alma mater is Florida State. He has never beaten them on the field. He is 0-10. 0-7 at North Carolina. That was 0-6 in the first stint, and then 0-1 now that he's been there for, you know, a few years. And he was 0-3 at Tulane. Never, obviously, that one makes perfect sense, right? But uh, I, I'm looking at this in this looks a whole lot like the Georgia Tech-North Carolina game. But I don't believe that Florida State has the guys on defense to be able to get to Sam Howell to rattle him. And that's what scares me. 
I'm still going to ride with Florida State plus 17 and a half here because I just think it's too many points. Would it surprise me to see Sam Howell go off in this game the same way that he did against Virginia? Nah, but I, I'd still feel like this is one of those where maybe maybe North Carolina overthinks this thing a little bit. So I'll, I'll take Florida State plus 17 and a half. So what's weird, so I'm with you. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take Florida State. But here's the thing. This is, this is strange. I don't see this game being a 14-point game. I don't see this game being a 15-point game. I think one of two things is going to happen. It's either going to be UNC Virginia, and UNC is going to beat them by 20, or it's going to be a rout. Like, they're going to cover. They're going to cover easily, and they're just going to kill them. Or if Florida State covers, I think Florida State's going to be in this ball game, and I think it's going to be tight. I, I tend to agree. Like, there is something. I think with, it's going to be one of those two outcomes. I don't think we're getting anything in the middle. There is something to this idea that uh, these guys know that their coach has never beaten Florida State. And that can kind of seep into the locker room a little bit. Like, if Mac Brown gets a little on edge uh, in, in practice this week, and maybe that seeps into the players a little bit. They start to play a little tighter than they normally would in a situation like this. Uh, they are at home. I think that helps. But I also think if you play a little bit tight, uh, Florida State's got nothing to lose here. So I'll I'll roll with the Seminoles plus 17 and a half. Next game on the board, we have got a 3.30 p.m. Eastern time kick. Uh, brother, <laughs> I threw this one on here just to, just to have a little fun, toss in a different little flavor. And we've got ESPN 3, Middle Tennessee State heading to Liberty I kind of wanted to throw this on because of the line. Liberty is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 58. Liberty 11-and-1 against the spread in their last 12 games. Uh, that loss was on the road at Syracuse on a Friday night. Uh, Middle Tennessee beat Marshall last week. But they got six turnovers in that game. I mean, they, Marshall just handed them the ball game. And if you go back and look, like Middle Tennessee has not played terribly. I, I actually had this line at 15, but man, I, I wonder, you know, we always talk about teams finding something. I think Liberty found something in the second half against UAB because this team had been playing slow. They had been playing, you know, they, they still play really good defense, but at UAB, it was tied 3-3 three to three at the half, and they won 36-12, to 12, and their offense absolutely exploded last week. I think they're going to do the same thing here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with Liberty and Hugh Freeze minus 19 and a half. Uh, once they got that loss at Syracuse, I think they realized, all right, now we got to win basically everything else. Like we we got to keep winning. So what uh what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I don't like laying this many points, but I think that I think the bookmakers are trying to beg you to take MTSU, and so I'm just going to go the other way. I might be wrong on that, but I don't think MTSU is very good, and and I think Liberty's pretty good football team. That's that's kind of the way that I see it. I, I felt Laying like this, twenty points is not something I enjoy doing ever. Yeah, my like I said, my line was fifteen, um, and it's nineteen and a half. But I'm going against my own uh, number, and and I'm going to roll with Liberty because this, it, I think Liberty could absolutely blow them out. So, uh, next game up, and we have got another three thirty game: Boise State at BYU. We just talked about this one. BYU a six point favorite at home, fifty seven and a half the total. BYU beat them fifty-one to seventeen last week or last year. Uh, they are eight and two against the spread against Boise in their last ten. They always look at this as a massive, massive matchup, and th- this is the team that's supposed to be able to compete with BYU, 
right? Boise is supposed to be able to compete at the line of scrimmage and whatnot, and I think BYU looks at this as a challenge game, right? They they always get up for this game for whatever reason. My line on this was BYU minus three. I don't think I agree with that because Jaron Hall is coming back for this game. All the reports are right now, uh, just as of this morning, that, well, I guess on Thursday morning, that Jaron Hall is going to play. And if he's playing... Like, I think BYU could absolutely route these guys. Uh, the line is still at six as of right now. Like, I'm, I'm rolling BYU here. I don't see any reason to stop betting on the Cougars. Yeah, I'm not betting against the Cougars at, at Provo. I've just made it my mind. I don't care what the number is. I don't care who they're playing. If they're playing at home, I'm laying the points. Or I'm taking to God if I ever get points. That's amazing. Um, and, and I'm just taking the Cougars. But they, they just play so, so well at home. And remember, remember at the beginning of the season, Everybody said, this team's not very good. They lost all these players. And your boy, your boy said, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Listen, they lost one guy, and he's really good. But I think this team's really good. And I think they're going to be okay, Gary. I think they're okay. I think they are as well. You you were right. You called it. You said it. I uh, I will agree with you. I will agree with you. Next game up, we've got a 7 p.m. Eastern time game on ESPN TCU. At Texas Tech, uh, Texas Tech, a two and a half point home dog here. Total of sixty and a half. A look, I, I've gone back and forth on this. TCU three and six against the spread against Texas Tech since they've joined the Big Twelve. They are only five and four straight up against the Red Raiders. Uh, this is very interesting. Texas Tech, I, I don't, I don't trust them to be able to run the ball. However, their passing game, even after Tyler Shuck went out with an injury has still been pretty good with Henry Columbia. So, TCU has got problems all over the field. they got holes in the secondary, etc. I don't know what TCU team shows up. Uh, This is another one of those situations where TCU kind of put everything they had into that Texas game. So, the games before it and after it, how much do we... how much do we expect them to be able to do that, right? So, they're they're a a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road. They're not... I don't think they're great in Lubbock. Like, I... I'm going to roll with the Horn Frogs here because I expected them to be better at the beginning of the season. They're dealing with some... I think they're dealing with some injuries on defense. I'm still going to roll with TCU. Minus two and a half. I think they're just going to give it to Zach Evans. They're going to let him do his thing. Uh, they should be able to run the ball on Texas Tech. So let me let me take TCU minus two and a half. It's less than a field goal. I, I think they can win. They can win by that. So we're we're, agree- we're agreeing again. It's boring. But, but yeah, I, I like TCU. I like Gary Patterson. Listen, I think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a tight game. But it's only two and a half points. I'm okay with that. That doesn't scare me. And, and, and I'll take the team. I think it's going to win the game if that's the, if that's the, the spread. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, like I said, this is one that, that kind of terrifies me after that Texas game. Um, I mean, I really thought that TCU was going to be – I thought they would be a Big 12 competitor. And they just have not been thus far. My line on the game was actually TCU minus seven. Uh, so I felt like I needed to go that direction. But, man, that defense has been putrid. Putrid. All right. Moving on. We are moving to a 7 p.m. Eastern time game on Stadium. That's right. UTSA. The Roadrunners headed to Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite, man. This line has actually gotten bigger. It opened at two. Now it's at the three-and-a-half. Total of 70. Uh, look. UTSA is going to be able to run all over Western Kentucky with Sincere McCormick. Um, 
you know, Zap is going to be able to throw the ball, I think, a little bit on UTSA. We saw that with Memphis and and other teams have been able to move the ball. UTSA is 7-1 and one against the spread their last eight as a road underdog. And I don't think that train stops here. Like, I, I think this is going to be a fantastic ball game. It's going to be uh, very close. And if you're giving me more than a field goal, like, absolutely, I'm going to take that. I think that their passing defense will be able to slow down Western Kentucky enough. Uh, Western Kentucky, remember, coming off playing two Big Ten teams. They, they played Indiana at home, and they had to go to Michigan State last week. And now you get to come home and play UTSA? Uh, that's not the kind of schedule that I would set up, personally. But either way... I, uh, I'm going to roll with the Roadrunners here. I think they keep this magic going a little bit, and I will uh, I will certainly have them in the in the round robin uh, for Saturday morning. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, this is my underdog special. They, they, I think they're going to win. I don't. I don't. Western Kentucky has I I don't know. They played a couple of Power Five teams and not looked awful. Okay, like is is that grounds for being favored in this game? Their offense. Like, you is, played Indiana. You played Indiana close. Good job. You play Michigan State, maybe closer than people think. Okay, then you're beating up on UT Martin. All right, I like. I don't know. What are we supposed to do with that? Their their offense is absolutely legit. Like it's it's pretty unbelievable. Um, but yes, I I see where you're coming from. So I All right, well, let me <laughs> tell you another team whose offense is pretty good. Okay, University of Memphis Tigers. UTSA went in there and shut them down. They know, scored right. 21 points. And then they didn't score again the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, another one would be actually UTSA. UTS, uh, UTSA's offense is actually really good. Sincere McCormick is going to have. Oh a game. yeah, that's the team we're talking about, though. They're, yeah. they're really good. Yeah, like, no, I'm with you. I just don't. I don't know how they're. I don't know how they're catching points. I just don't. Maybe this is a trick by Vegas, and they're going to steal all our money. But I, I, I got a team that's five and zero against a team that's one and three, and I'm, I know what I'm doing. It's uh, it it definitely like the line stinks, right? The, the line certainly stinks. But uh, like I said, if you just, I mean, look at these offenses. It could get difficult for UTSA to be able to keep up if, you know, if they're not able to to do anything in this game. Western Kentucky actually the number one passing offense in the country. Uh, they've got the highest QBR in the country. Seventeen touchdowns passing, two interceptions. Uh, they are just absurd, just absurd. So. They, they do have a great offense. They were not able to keep up with some of these bigger teams. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take UTSA. So, we'll, we'll both ride with the Roadrunners there. We'll move on. And ACC Network game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Notre Dame heads to VaTech. And Virginia Tech and Notre Dame are a pick em, my friend. A pick em. A uh, total of 47 here. Again, uh, odds brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. You can click the link in the description to check that out uh let's see notre dame eight and two straight up their last 10 on the road uh virginia tech has not been great at um they've not been great at home under justin fuente they're only 13 and seven straight up in their last 20 games at home lane stadium used to be ferocious like it, and this is going to be a night game and we saw when north carolina went in there early in the season like but justin fuente has always been kind of good early in the season and then it feels like everybody gets a little bit of film on him and they figure out what to do. I, It is very difficult for me to believe that Notre Dame is going to lose two straight games. And that is the only reason why I'm going to side with the Irish here. I think that these two teams are very, very similar. 
But I trust Notre Dame and their coach to be able to get it done much more so than Justin Fuente. Uh, I think Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman, their defense coordinator, are going to make it very difficult for the quarterback, Braxton Burmeister, for Virginia Tech, who has not proven to be uh, a super efficient passer anyway. I just think that they are going to confuse him, maybe get a couple of takeaways. I look for Notre Dame to find a way to win this game. Better coach, better football team overall. I have no idea why this line is a pick I have no idea why um, this line is, is close. I think Notre Dame is a far superior football team than Virginia Tech. I might be wrong about that. We'll see you Saturday. And I think that there is no chance in hell Brian Kelly is losing two games in a row. I, I side with you. I side with you. SEC Network, night game, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, LSU. The Tigers head to Kentucky, and the Wildcats are a three-point favorite at home. Total of 50.5. LSU 5-1 and one against the spread, their last six as a road underdog. LSU, their last visit to Big Blue Nation was that crazy three-overtime loss in 2007, which happened to be the same year that LSU won the national title. Uh, Kentucky nine and one straight up, seven and three against the spread. Their last ten as a home favorite. I man, I wanted to roll with LSU because it felt like a good spot to do it. And the more that I have paid attention to the numbers and everything else, brother, they don't even try to run the football. And now you've got injury issues with uh, Keishon Butte, and you got all kind of stuff. Like he's who they lean on, and. It's not whether he'll play or not. I think he will play. I just don't think he'll be at 100%. I think Kentucky is going to run the football up and down the field on LSU's defense. And in close games, Mark Stoops has a history of being able to pull out those one-score games. I'm going to take Kentucky minus the three. I think I think right now they are the better football team, and LSU is reeling a little bit. I, I don't even know why I ask you about these. I know you're going to take your Tigers, uh, but I would like to get your yep. opinion on the game. <laughs> So, my opinion is, is that you cannot run the floor. They don't try because they can't do it, Gary. I don't try to fly off buildings because I can't. I'll fall and I'll die. All right? Hey, let, me, let me interrupt you real quick. Let me, let me interrupt you because, uh, so on, you know, we do our reaction show on Sunday, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I went back and I, I had watched a little bit and I had been listening. And if you just look at the stats for the LSU-Auburn game, they had 24 rushes for like 29 yards. LSU did. But if you go back and look at actual called runs, like designed runs in the game, yeah. not not scrambles, not uh, just you know ball bouncing around, whatever, like sacks, etc., they only had like 13 runs in the game. 13. And yeah. that's with a nine-point lead in the fourth quarter. Because they can't run the football, Gary. I know. So they don't. Like, they but, don't. They just don't. It's not possible. It's it's insane. They just don't do it. If if they need if they need an inch, if they're a goal line offense and they need an inch, they can't get that inch. They just can't. They just, they just can't do it. So they're just not very good at that. All right. Defense. Oh, uh, I, I I think here's the thing. I do think this team can play some defense against Kentucky because if you they have athletes. All right. And they struggle when they don't really know what you're doing. They can either kind of sell out to stop the run, do a good job at that, and then anybody in the world is open. And or they can back everybody up, play coverage pretty good, but then everybody can run on them. Um, everything underneath is wide open. 
the problem is is Kentucky can't do that. Kentucky's just going to run the football. And so you have two one-dimensional football teams playing against one another, okay? One team is far better than the other right now, which is Kentucky, and they're at home. But I think the Tigers can keep this thing interesting. I think they can hang around. And and I do think that Keishon Butte is fine. I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to – he doesn't need to be 100%. Even at, at 70%, he's still a hell of a lot better than anybody on Kentucky. And I know they got one of the best running backs in the world. It doesn't matter. He don't have speed like Keishon. And if that guy shakes loose, they could, they could go three and out 19 times in a row. If he shakes loose the 20th, it's seven. That's just it. Yeah, no, I can I can get with that. Uh, so college football nerds who you talked about earlier, as far as the Twitter goes, yeah. they actually do a really good job of breaking down games and discussing you know team talent, uh, different schemes, all that kind of stuff. They said about this game uh, in terms of the college team talent, LSU is number five and Kentucky is number thirty one. But the question is, how is that reflected in starters? LSU starts two top thirty five players and four other top two hundred players. Kentucky starts two top 200 players. So because guys ranked 200 plus are a crapshoot, the talent gap actually isn't that huge. And it said for comparison's sake, uh, because people have asked, it says the gap between LSU starters and Bama starters is the Grand Canyon. Uh, It says Alabama starts four top 35 players and 15 other top 200s. Uh, It says so Alabama starting 19 top 200 players and LSU is starting six. Uh, So LSU, Kentucky is actually closer as far as talent than you would assume. Uh, now, that, that could start a whole other conversation as to why in the world do you have so many talented guys sitting on the bench. But, you know, we, we understand development. We know all about that. This is, I think you're right. This is going to be kind of a coin-flippy game, and, and we'll see what happens because Kentucky has this season been known to turn the football over. So they didn't do it against Florida. Will they do it against LSU, and can LSU capitalize? Uh, so you're taking LSU plus three. I'm taking Kentucky minus three. Last game for us. Uh, before we get out of here, the Memphis Tigers at Tulsa, late game, 9 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. At Tulsa, a three-point favorite. This line opened at four and a half. And Chris, I'll tell you, my line on this was actually Memphis minus two. So when it came out six and a half points the other direction, uh, I thought maybe I would need to go back and look at exactly what I'm focusing on as far as my numbers go. Memphis five and one straight up in their last six against Tulsa. Uh, but they are 1-9 straight up and 1-9 and against the spread in their last 10 as a road underdog. But the betting trends don't exactly go the same for Tulsa. They are 2-8 and eight against the spread. Their last 10 is a home favorite, and they have not covered this year in that role. They got absolutely smoked by Houston last week. I mean, it was not even a ball game. And Memphis got beat on the road at Temple. This seems like a decent buy low spot for Memphis. I don't think they are as bad as they looked in getting beat by Temple because that was that was a very close ball game. I um I'm gonna roll with the Tigers plus the three here. I I feel this team has playmakers. Tulsa I think is trying to find itself right now. I think this is a bad spot on the schedule for Tulsa uh, to have to play Memphis. All right, so finally we're gonna get a disagreement, and I'm so glad you put this game on here, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because I put a lot of faith in Memphis Tigers going up to Pittsburgh, to Philadelphia, and 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 being able to be a bad, a bad Temple team, and they got beat straight up. This is a dead ass football team. Ryan Silverfield, they they shouldn't have brought their asses back to Memphis. I hope they went straight from Philadelphia to Tulsa. Don't even come back here. Don't eat our food. 
Don't drink our water. Don't, don't sleep in our bed. Keep, keep your ass out there until you come back with a win. That's a damn shame. They better come back after beating Tulsa. They better beat Tulsa this weekend. <laughs> Give me Tulsa. I ain't bet on this damn team. They're a bunch of punks, man. I can, that I can understand me off. It. Well, look, how, bad, how bad of a football team is Temple, Gary? How bad is a football team hey, is Temple? How far are they from Vanderbilt? Cheers. That has right never now. that has never mattered. Memphis has literally never covered against the spread against Temple. Ever. That's fine. Going up there and not covering is fine because they're usually a pretty heavy favorite. They were laying 11 this time. It's fine. Don't cover. That's fine. You lose, and you lose handily. They were never in that game. They never led in that game. At any point in time, did they ever have a chance to win that football game? They yes. got their ass whipped no, by no, a they, they terrible, led. terrible football team. Hold on, I got to go find this now. They they led in that game. They actually had a shot to win in the second half. They uh, da, da, oh, da, 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 da. in the second half, my ass. No, no, no. They hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, now, you're, I'm gonna, now you're gonna pick. Now you're gonna pick nit about something when you know they played like shit and they didn't deserve to be in that football game. They weren't in that football game. No, they they were not in that football game. You're you're 100 correct. They like they they deserved to lose because they played very poorly. I'm with you on that, but uh, saying that they never led, that they never, you know, da 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 da, like they, they did. I mean, it was a 34 to 31 game, and I just so they were up, they were up three to nothing at one point in time. That's what I'm pulling up right now. Uh, let's see scoring plays. They were up they three nothing. Seven, hang on. Oh my god! No, oh they were god. up 17 were to up nothing. 17. They were up 17 to nothing. They yeah. lost that game, and then they were in the third quarter. They were up 23 to 17. So. <laughs> Trash ass team. This is a trash ass team. Should, should be ashamed. He should be ashamed of himself. Don't yeah. come back here. Don't eat my food. Don't you, don't you put a piece of barbecue in your mouth. Don't, don't you, you eat that fried chicken. That's my shit. Don't you love college football, man? You can go from one week being the uh, the G five team that beat Mississippi State uh, the week after they beat NC State, and and then turn around two weeks later and go up to Philadelphia and play against the trash uh, Temple team and, and lose that game. like this. Well, it don't help that you let UTSA come in here and whoop your butt, too. No, no, you're probably... You're up, you're up, you're up 21 to nothing against them, and you don't score again the next three quarters, and they just roll off 28 points like it's just water off a duck's ass. Yeah. No, you, you're right about that. You are correct. All right, my brother. Uh, I will go ahead and close out this show. Do you want to hang around for the end, or you want to go on a rollout? No, that's all right. I'll so, you sounds well. like a plan, buddy. All right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, always fun having Chris on the show. Um, I, I can't wait till we get video back, because if you guys could see his face when he's talking about some of this stuff, whew, fella, love it. Absolutely love it. All right, that is going to wrap up the show uh, that's going to wrap up the week, really. Don't forget to tune in to Chris's Saturday morning live show with SBR Picks with Sportsbook Review. Uh, there is a link in the description for that, so go ahead and check that out. And, of course, uh, you need to go and check out the BetUS College Football Show as well. The show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. You can get 125% sign-up bonus using the promo code NCAAF2021. It's up to $2,500, and it is sportsbook exclusive. I can't stress it enough. It is a fantastic deal, and you need to take advantage of it. Let me just go ahead and say that. If you did not watch my BetUS shows this week, go back and watch them. It's from Wednesday and Thursday. We talked about a ton of games that we did not hit on the Winning Cures Everything show. Uh, With that said, go to winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and go to BetUS. Do all these things. We are going to get out of here, but we hope that you all have a fantastic weekend. 
And we will see you all again for the Sunday morning reaction show from the college football week that was. It's our, our favorite hour to an hour and a half, and hopefully you all will join us live on YouTube for that. So with that said, let's go ahead and get out of here. You guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.